As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Ballbusters podcast. We now return to Ballbusters podcast already in violation. This is Daniel with the Ballbusters radio show, podcast, Roku TV channel, Joshu radio channel, Joshu TV channel, and brand new YouTube channel. I'm sitting here again today on Monday with Dr. Brian Artis. Dr. Artis, thank you for coming back. We always appreciate your time here, and you always have amazing, valuable information. Um, can I just ask one question before we kick it off? Because I know that when I had Dr. Glidden on, um, he, he kind of you know, laid it out for people because I think when it comes to chiropractory, chiropractory, whatever we say that, and uh, naturopathic doctors and stuff like that, I don't think people understand the type of schooling that they go through. So, you know, what does it take to get there? What kind of certifications, licensings, and all that stuff? Can you just give us like a breakdown of that so that people understand that it's not just, you know, a fly-by-nighter thing? It's like it actually just as, you know, um, accredited as any other doctor would be? Oh, for sure. Did you just recently interview Peter Glidden? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, blowing up on BitChute, too. So, That's yeah, awesome. he's a great guy. I love, I love uh, Dr. Glidden. He's awesome. He's a natural. You know, it's funny. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I, I had uh, asked Christina if he could find him, and she's like, we got him first. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll actually be doing uh, some collaboration with him on. He's got awesome. uh, some pretty awesome programs that he has online that are uh, just self-explanatory how you reverse and heal certain diseases so uh, him and i had a conversation i guess two weeks ago or so and did a whole show on it but uh, it, was, it was pretty fascinating so uh, to answer your question uh, i am a chiropractor i'm also an acupuncturist and a nutritionist so what's really the difference between chiropractors who are actually doctors what's the difference between them and acupuncturists who are actually doctors what's the difference between them and DOs, doctors of osteopathic medicine, like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and Dr. Mercola, he's a DO. What's the difference between them? They're actual doctors. And then what about MDs, medical doctors? They are doctors also. So what's the difference? All right, so DOs and MDs are actually underneath the American Medical Association's Board of Licensing. So those two, DOs and MDs, share the exact same governing board and scope of practice laws, uh, which means they're only allowed to do certain things, treat certain things, that's what they do. But they share the same governing board. They used to not, they used to actually be their own um, healthcare industry, if you wanna say that, the DOs were. 
but then eventually the AMA convinced the osteopathic boards of the country to be absorbed into the American Medical Association. So the reason why the American Medical Association wanted to absorb DOs into their actual board of licensing coverage is they wanted to start to obscure and remove chiropractic from osteopathic practice. So an osteopath is someone who does both prescribing of medications and does spinal manipulations or adjustments, which is a chiropractic adjustment. So the guy who created uh, the osteopathic movement, if I get this wrong, I'm pretty sure I'm right now that you just asked me, but I believe his name is AJ Still, S-T-I-L-L, and the founder of chiropractic is named D.D. Palmer. They happen to be best friends, <laughs> actually, in Iowa. And D.D. Uh, Palmer discovered chiropractic. Uh, he actually cured someone who lost his hearing in one ear by adjusting a bone in his upper back. Oh, wow. All his hearing was restored to the building he worked at. And as a result of this miraculous thing that happened, after moving a bone in this guy's back, he actually would go to morgues and was given the ability in uh, 1895 actually to be able to dissect bodies at morgues and funeral homes and he wanted to understand how is the ear connected to the upper shoulders i don't understand so he actually found by dissecting out the spinal column of people who had died that they're the nerves that come from the brain that control all function of organs and muscles in the body also relay information through nerves back up to the brain so this guy had a misalignment in his shoulders or upper back called the thoracic area of the spine. For easy reference, thoracic bones of the spine are the ones your ribs are attached to. Yeah. So there's 12 of them. Thoracic Not thoracic spine. park, everybody. It's thoracic. Right. thoracic. <laughs> right. So he discovered that uh, the, the nerves that come out from individual bones in the spine where your spinal cord is and then delivers information from your brain to all your muscles, organs, and everything in your body. He actually learned that there's re it's there's signals of nerves from the spine back up to the brain. And so the whole body's connected through your spinal cord. So he actually was able to learn which nerves go from which part of the spine and control what organs and DD Palmer back in 1895 discovering the ability to move bones in the back could improve diseases and outcomes of how the body works. He actually created a school called Palmer Chiropractic. Chiropractic means healing with hands, by the way. So oh, you use your hands to heal people. So since 1895, when AJ Still and DD Palmer created their two found loves, you know, before DD Palmer became a chiropractor or was adjusting people with his hands, manipulating spinal bones, he was a magnet healer. He oh, used wow. Interesting. Buddy, AJ Steele. Man, I hope his name is right. AJ Steele, I believe is his name. It's been a long time since I looked at that. But AJ Steele, who created the ortho, the uh, osteopathic profession, he adopted what D.D. Palmer found with adjustments and married that with the practice of medicine. So that's what DOs are. So doctors of osteopathic medicine, including Dr. Sherry Timpany, she actually uh, did a show with me about six months ago where we actually on how to actually move cranial bone. Babies are born. You know, you see the helmets that they put on kids. 
That's because their bones of their skull are out of alignment. Well, Dr. Sherry Timpany educated me while I was with her here in Dallas that one of her favorite things to do in life is cranial bone adjustments in babies to reshape their heads from the misaligned bones, and they don't need helmets that you see all these little kids wearing. So wow. we created a whole 10 for 10. Uh, it's called 10 for 10. It's a 10-minute video with a PDF that I create with Sherry Timpany of how to correct intracranial uh, misalignments of the skull and then how you can locate people around the country in your area to help you do that. But that is actually Dr. Sherry Timpany's favorite thing on the planet to do. She talks so much about vaccines, you would think she would just love vaccines, but she actually loves cranial bone work using her osteopathic background. Osteo means bone, pathic means healing. So healing the bones through the bones. That's what she made for a living. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing when you can restore, you know, a, a normal life to a, to a child. That's I could understand why she'd be passionate about that for sure, especially if you know you can do something to help. Why why let them just put a bandage on it? You know what I mean? Right, Basically right. with the helmet. So chiropractic is just solely using your hands to help heal areas of bones in the body that are out of alignment. Chiropractors are not the back oh. or the spine. There are 32 bones or 33 bones that make up your spine as a whole, uh, which is the atlas is the first one in your neck, right below your skull. It goes all the way down to your tailbone. Any of those bones can be moved with chiropractic adjustments or manipulations. And then also your knees, ankles, elbows, toes, shoulders, uh, you name it. It doesn't matter. Any bone can be moved chiropractically, and I've been trained in all of them. Uh, but it's pretty phenomenal what you can do to relieve not only pain, but actually improve the cardiovascular functions and all functions of organs in your body. I have to tell you, people come in all the time with high blood pressure, and I would simply adjust one bone in their neck or in their thoracic spine, wow. and their blood pressure would go to normal within five minutes. And it's, you could do it over and over and over and over. I had to actually do that repetitively in my school before I could get my, uh, my diploma to be able to graduate chiropractors and medical doctors. This is the difference. I actually had actually applied to medical school way before I applied to chiropractic school. So I can tell you about each of them. Medical schools are, you have four years of required study or a degree before you go to medical school. So you have to have a bachelor's degree at least. Chiropractic school, it's been 20 years since I was there right now, <laughs> but, but in chiropractic school at the time when I entered chiropractic school, required at least 92 hours of college credit hours to transfer into a chiropractic school. When in the chiropractic school, which I went to Parker College in Dallas, I transferred out of BYU with 95 hours or whatever. I transferred into there my senior year at BYU, transferred into Parker College of Chiropractic. I actually had year-round school for three and a half years. So it was three semesters every year for three and a half years. At the end of the three and a half years, I had enough credits to actually graduate Parker College of Chiropractic with my degree in chiropractic, my doctorate of chiropractic, and my bachelor's degree in human anatomy. So that's, I actually graduated with both degrees and a certification in acupuncture all at the same time. So typically medical doctors go to school for four years to get their bachelor's degree and then four years of medical school. After the four years of medical school, they then attend a three to four to seven year residency program before they go off to do their specialty or go into private practice. Do you uh, need a certain amount of hours before you get like a license? Sure. Yep. Yeah. So you need a certain amount of hours 
in clinical practice, usually while you're in school and in your residency program before you can actually go out and practice on your own. So chiropractors, for example, we had, you either have a bachelor's degree, then go for three and a half or four years to chiropractic school uh, now, or you transfer in as I did as a senior at BYU, transferred into chiropractic school and got both degrees at once and finished both of them at the same time. I mean, it was seven and a half, seven years of schooling before I actually went off on my own to practice. Uh, that, that was basically the difference in medical school and in chiropractic school, you have what are called board exams, board exams. You have to take, and they're on a national scale. So for the medical profession, it's probably the American medical association that is overseeing the test results of medical students taking their boards. Now for medical schools, 20 years ago, I was aware (laughs) it's probably the same now, but there were three board exams medical doctors had to take that represented all scopes of practice laws in all 50 states in the United States. So you take these three board exams that ask you questions about everything related to the medical profession for all 50 states, and you have to be able to answer them well enough to pass. You cannot get a license to practice medicine without passing the three board exams. You can graduate medical school and not have passed your board exams, but you have to retake your board exams until you pass them in order to practice or go off to residency. In chiropractic school, I actually had in my three and a half years of chiropractic school, chiropractors have four national board exams. They actually have one more than medical schools do. And these things are intense. Uh, We all take them nationwide all in the same day. Uh, You're locked into a school where you can't share answers via telephone or internet or email or whatever. They all do it at one time. They take all your phones and everybody in the classes. I'm sure they do this in med school too, nationwide. Shut it all down, the schools, and they all have to take the exams at once. So we have four board exams. They have three. The chiropractic boards, the first three are all written tests, uh, multiple choice tests. The actual fourth and maybe the third uh, half of it are actually clinical exams where you're having to go into rooms where there's doctors there licensed doctors who are quizzing you, pretending to be patients, showing you uh, intake forms, showing you medical scans, x-rays, CT scans, blood tests. And you have to be able to go through what are called differential diagnosis and diagnosis accuracy. So differential diagnosis is, is a big deal. So differential diagnosis for medicine and in chiropractic is a massive deal. Differential diagnosis is compiling a list of what you believe would be the disease state or the causes of the symptoms a patient is having. So you make a list. So patient comes in and they're coughing, for example, they just have a cough that won't leave. It's been there for six months. I could write things down like this, inner ear infection. I could write chronic pneumonia. I could write down uh, asbestos poisoning. You know, I could write down <laughs> lung cancer, possibly. I mean, you make a list, it could be that the fourth vertebrae in their thoracic spine is out of alignment or the first bone in their neck is out of alignment. So you could write down C1 misalignment, T4 misalignment. And then you as the doctor take that list called differential diagnosis and you have to now run your exams and your screening tests to nail down what you believe is the actual one diagnosis. So you're just doing tests to cross off the stuff you think it might have been until you can find out exactly what it is or most probably.
probably or most probable what the diagnosis is. So you do differential diagnosis and a whole bunch of exams in your uh, board exams, and then you have to do uh, actual diagnosis and you have to get it right. So you go to other rooms that have a bunch of differential diagnoses listed. You have symptoms, you have x-rays, CT scans, all kinds of stuff. And we as chiropractors and medical doctors have to be able to go through all of it and be able to diagnose it correctly because a chiropractor has to know everything the medical professional knows because if a patient comes to us and a chiropractor isn't allowed to treat a diagnosis that I come up with, we have to refer them out to a medical doctor and know who to send them to. Wow. So for example, uh, I, as a chiropractor, am not allowed to diagnose lung cancer. However, if you came to my office and you had a cough and I actually took x-rays and I found you had metastatic lung cancer that actually was now traveling into your spinal column and I could see cancerous spots in your spine, which is lumbar spine, which is a pretty telltale sign you have lung cancer. If you see uh, tumors or masses in the lungs also, I would have to refer them out to a oncologist or a pulmonologist, lung specialist from my office. And I'm not supposed to treat them for lung cancer. I'm not even allowed, I'm allowed to diagnose it. I'm not allowed to treat it. I'm only allowed as a chiropractor to treat stuff within a scope of practice that is very limited thanks to the medical profession. They only allow us to diagnose musculoskeletal conditions. So misalignments in the spine, sprain, strain, ligament issues. We can diagnose misalignments, code those, bill insurance, make the adjustments, do physical therapy and get paid that way. So those are those are the differences. But we have to know when to refer out, when not to refer out. In fact, we had to take psychology courses in chiropractic school hmm. solely for one reason. <laughs> we had to be able to diagnose all psychological conditions or diseases and be able to refer out to the appropriate psychiatrist or psychologist. If they had bipolarism, schizophrenia, uh, you name it, we had to be able to diagnose that stuff. Or if they were simply hypochondriacs, how to get them out of the practice and send them elsewhere so that we don't get sued later for malpractice. So, so, so when you look at it, it's kind of like in, in, a, in a sense, they're setting up the scenario where uh, another way for them to kind of limit your ability to succeed in your profession is that just about everything that you would, you know, you can't, you'd have to refer out to them, the medical doctors, once again, and they're making all the money, they're making all the, all the, you know, all the treatments, selling all the drugs, all that stuff. So that's, that's a, that's a really sneaky way to do it. I mean, I know the AMA has got some problems, but, but that's, that's sneaky. So I'll tell you what I did. So in practice, I wasn't just strictly a chiropractor. I already mentioned that I was licensed or certified as an acupuncturist, licensed as a nutritionist. I did a lot more than just chiropractic. In fact, people from around the world, I saw 16,000 patients from 16 different countries. They'd come to my office and go, what do we, I don't know how to describe you to other people. How do we describe you? Cause you're not really a chiropractor. And I'd go, just call me a holistic doctor. Cause I treat yeah. the whole body. So what I actually specialized in every day, this is what I did, Daniel, every patient that came into my office on day one, I had a 30 minute exam. They had a whole bunch of forms they had to fill out before they came in. They all had to be done before I walked into the room. I had a 30 minute appointment for a new exam. At the end of that exam, I would then actually have them come back the next day for a report of findings. That was generally seven or eight pages long. And it explained to them what it is I would do for them to reverse the causes of their symptoms. Smart. It, it did not matter if they had, uh, let's say they came in and they, their complaint was big toe pain on their right foot. 
at the ball, the big ball joint, you know, of their big toe. I have pain there. If I was able to determine that it wasn't just a bunion, that it actually was. Now, I cannot diagnose gout. But gout is a condition in which there's elevated uric acid in your blood. And there are certain foods called purines, foods high in purines, that elevate the levels of uric acid above normal. Now, uric acid is made by your liver. As uric acid's being released from your liver because you ate a whole bunch of foods with high purine loads in them, for example, red wine, cheeses, red meats, when you make a whole bunch of uric acid in your liver from breaking down those foods, your kidneys take the uric acid that's now in your bloodstream that your liver made. It's now filtering through to your kidneys and your kidneys convert uric acid into urine. And then you pee it out. You follow me? Yeah. And just so you know, this thing is flip-flopped. Like, I'm looking directly at you, but it looks like I'm looking away. It's just the way StreamYard does it. So I feel bad because it looks like I'm not paying it. I'm, I'm looking directly at you the whole time. I actually just... believe you're totally paying attention to me. I'm just <laughs> a little bit of camera on my laptop, so you're good. Yeah. Right. I just want people to understand that this is what I would do as a chiropractor. If a patient came in and they had big toe pain that would come and go or was consistent, uh, that was debilitating to them and impacting their life, if I figured out they had a liver issue or a stressed liver organ or a kidney issue, you can see here, the liver makes uric acid, your kidneys convert it into urine. If there's a kidney problem, like for example, if you have kidney stones, you can't release all the uric acid out of urine. You don't pee as much. You got stones blocking urine flow. So mm -hmm. if this is the case, you will get uric acid to get backed up into your bloodstream. Uric acid is a crystal Crystals in the blood are heavier than water. So guess where gravity carries the uric acid? Down Straight to the down. earth, which is where your feet are. And then the crystals of uric acid like to accumulate first in the ball joint of your big toe. They also like to get into your ankles. They also like to accumulate in your knees and in your hips. So if a patient came into me, remember, this is not related to chiropractic at all. They would come to me with complaints of big toe pain. After I would do my evaluation on them, run through all their intake forms, if I was able to determine through my differential diagnosis and all my screening tests and blood tests if I ordered them, if I determined that their liver was toxic, I would just actually write on a piece of paper in their form, this patient has liver toxicity, which is not a diagnosis of a disease. I would just yeah. write liver toxicity. And then I would write down my solutions, which would be things like this. Patient needs to consume daily uh, extracts of artichoke heart. This is a liquid artichoke heart extract. They also need to consume either in a tea form or actually swallow supplements of milk thistle herb. And then they need to be consuming every day phosphoric acid, which is the same acid you find in like Coca-Cola that melts battery acid. <laughs> yeah. Phosphoric acid uh, is an incredible natural component that dissolves calcium stones and cholesterol stones and bone spurs anywhere in the body. So I would actually write my recommendations. And the truth is gout is a medical termed diagnosis. The truth is they don't have gout. The patient actually has elevated uric acid levels, which is not a diagnosis of a disease. The medical profession gives it a name. They call it gout. The truth is, it's like a migraine, right? Doctors will go, oh, this patient has migraine headaches. You would go like this. 
the patient would go this, no, I don't. My head just hurts. <laughs> you know what? There's, <laughs> there's pain in the head. They call it migraines or cluster headaches or tension headaches. But the truth is, it's simply pain in the head. So we actually go like this as chiropractors. For those of us who dare to heal people, we just figure <laughs> out what the actual problem is. They have liver toxicity, kidney issues, or kidney stone formation. And then we're going to dissolve them. We're not treating kidney stones. We're treating the body to dissolve the stones. And then we do, I actually made every patient from every country, every month, write down a 30-day food journal of everything they ate and everything they drank and everything they swallowed. I actually had them keep track every day of their bowel movements, how many times they peed, all of it, how many hours they slept. And I had it for every day on every visit. You gave them homework. Every day. Every day. <laughs> I had to go through their homework every day they showed up. And then I would make adjustments <laughs> to their protocols. And then we would watch one patient after another, watch their symptoms disappear. As the symptoms disappeared, they no longer had the medical diagnosis of gout. So as soon as we actually cleared up the liver issue, handled the kidney issue, and their body was able to now create normal amounts of uric acid based on our dietary recommendations, all of their symptoms disappeared. They no longer had gout, no longer in their blood work did they have elevated uric acid levels. Therefore, they didn't need a drug to be prescribed to them for gout. The gout is only a name given to their symptoms, and the symptoms are being caused by something other than what the name of the condition is. And that goes for all medical conditions. You know, that's amazing that because the nutrition aspect of all this is very important. And I see direct relations to like the chiropractic and the pressure point of acupuncture. So it's, you know, all of these are, like you said, it's, I mean, it's, it's just parts of the whole and, and, and you know, the holistic medicine aspect of it. So when you, when you get into nutrition, is that more like, you know, you're kind of taking a, wearing two different hats because that's kind of like the naturopathic uh, method or naturopathic method as well, right? Healing through nutrition. Yeah. More, more of the naturopath, like uh, Dr. Peter Glidden, Uh, he was in med school, left med school with this severe illness he had that medical doctors couldn't figure out, but a naturopath who was using homeopathic pellets, they figured out in five, 10 minutes, what was wrong with him and then fixed it. Ever since then, he's forgotten all about medicine and went the natural route and has been extremely successful at reversing upwards of 88 different conditions or diseases that the medical profession diagnoses. So this is the truth. Naturopaths will use diet, herbs, minerals, homeopathics uh, to actually heal the body, never using drugs. So one thing that people have found very odd, even that I found very odd, when I started speaking out about the hospital protocols surrounding COVID-19, and I don't know if y'all have seen this, but Epoch Times wrote an article on me last week and published it on uh, oh, look at it. on Remdesivir's hospital protocol deaths. Uh, but uh, that was a great article. It's been going around like crazy. But I actually went out speaking in May of 2020 about Remdesivir and about the hospital protocols that they were going to blame the deaths in hospitals being caused by this drug. They're going to call it COVID-19 deaths. Mm -hmm. I actually just became very outspoken to try to protect the innocent and not to trust the medical profession. My whole message was stay home. There are things you could do at home. Listen, Daniel, for uh, 17 years in practice, I never used a single drug to heal anybody. (laughs) Never. You don't need a drug now either to handle COVID. However, in the midst of COVID, as I'm out speaking nonstop to not trust the medical profession, stay at home, do these nutritional things like vitamin C, D, zinc, all the stuff you guys already know, NAC, all the stuff we've been talking about for two years. Right. I was on top of that nonstop yeah. saying, this is, 
this is all I did. This is all I would do if I was you. This is all you need. I beat COVID myself, my kids, my wife. We didn't use any drugs. You can beat it. So what was interesting was is the medical profession picked up on my ability to articulate to the masses what was wrong with the hospital system's treatment of COVID and what early treatment could do for COVID. So they asked me many, many times, Peter McCullough, Ben Marble, lots of them asked me to come join their uh, medical conferences and speaking engagements to speak about what I knew about the hospital protocols that all medical doctors around the country could confirm to me was real and true. Even though I was a chiropractor, never working in a hospital, I just knew what the drugs were going to do based on the studies. The moment I made that aware, this is what was going to happen. This is how the body's going to break down. This is how they're going to diagnose the death and cause the deaths of millions of people around the world with COVID. It's actually poisoning them with a drug called remdesivir and mm -hmm. other drugs. Uh, it was very interesting to watch the medical profession ask me to help support them in the, in the ways of presenting early treatment is safe and effective using medications and nutritional stuff versus hospital protocols that includes no nutrition and only drug therapy. Right. So, system management with or symptom management with drugs. Yeah. So it's been very Masking. odd to watch people. I, I can't, I, I'll That's tell amazing. you, I did to go to a AAPS American Academy. Sorry. It's American Academy of Physicians and Surgeons. This, this, this group around the country has invited me to come speak and keynote speak. I'm going to do it again in St. Louis at different medical conferences. And they asked me to kick off the conferences a lot of times to set the stage. And they all say I'm the most bold, but I have to tell you, I've been in conferences where oncologists were also speaking after me and they would get up there and talk about how COVID lockdowns has impacted the ability of people to get cancer treatment, like chemotherapy and radiation. And I remember sitting there and I looked at my wife the first time and I was like, what am I doing here? I, I would mm -hmm. never promote any of this stuff. <laughs> like it was very odd because I do not promote cancer drugs radiation, chemotherapy. I would never, ever prescribe that to anybody. But then again, I'm a chiropractor. I don't treat cancer. So I treat how to boost the immune system, heal the body. It's been very odd to watch. So much of the medical profession asked me to join them. And that was kind of exciting to me because I realized, oh, there's some medical doctors waking up to the fact that their industry is lying, manipulating, and poisoning a whole bunch of people. So I could stand behind that. Uh, yeah. However, uh, I'm very, very outspoken. It's very odd to watch uh, the medical profession respond to things that they don't agree with when I speak on them. And that's okay. I didn't get into this for you to like me or to support me. I actually was trying to make the whole world question the medical profession and never go back there. So I think a lot of the world, now that they question vaccines, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's been reported that only 2.7% of parents in America who have children ages zero to four have gotten their kids vaccinated. That's great. For COVID. That's 2.7% of the children in America have gotten shots. That's phenomenal. So there must be a vast amount of hesitation and thank God, because most people should have zero trust at all in the pharmaceutical drug industry ever again. And I Absolutely. mean, ever. So when I speak to this, when people go, well, Dr. Harris, what do you think about hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine and, and ivermectin that you've talked about for the last two years? Uh, I know you can use drugs in a short spurt to help people get over diseases or infections, not even diseases, infections like bacterial infections. If you have a severe bacterial infection, staph infection, 
you're going to have your leg amputated. Why would you not try antibiotics to kill it first? But you're not going to live on antibiotics. You're just going to take them until you treat the bacteria and it's all gone. That could be miraculous. Well, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine have been proven in very short spurts, like five-day intervals of treatment, yep. to actually beat COVID. Well, why would you not use it? But don't mm -hmm. use it after that. Just use it for the five days and be done. In my world, it was, I often said this when people go, Dude, what if you can't get hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? I was like, that's great. Go get quercetin and wormwood, which are actually components found in nature and plants that they use to make those drugs. So quercetin was found in the skin of really deep, rich colored fruits and vegetables in their skin and peels. Quercetin is what they use from those plants to make hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine. Uh, wormwood has the exact same action as ivermectin does, and wormwood's a plant. You can buy the supplement, get it in a capsule form. Liquid versions are gross. Don't drink it, blow <laughs> it. But wormwood's phenomenal and has the same benefits. I've already mentioned many times nicotine with these things. You should use short spurts to actually beat COVID. Uh, melatonin hormone supplement, absolutely should use it, along with vitamin C, zinc, D, NAC, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah. But I don't think you actually need any of those drugs to beat COVID or any of its variants, or monkeypox for that matter, you know? So so is glutathione, what what uh, what is that categorized as? Is that, a, is that a drug? Nope. Glutathione is an antioxidant made okay. by your liver. So glutathione can be made in a lab, and you can buy it in a supplement form. I actually have never prescribed glutathione unless a person got the mRNA shots and were injured, then I told them to go to an infusion center and have glutathione and vitamin C injected into their veins. They need a high quantity, right? It can't just be something you can take that's dissolved in the stomach. You need something much, much right. more fast-acting. COVID-19 vaccinated injured people, if you've been injured by the mRNA shots and you know it, or you've had any symptoms since getting those shots, it was most likely because of the shots, you need glutathione and vitamin C to inhibit and destroy the venoms in the shots. And that is published by the manufacturers of snake venom phosphodiesterase at a company called Innovative Research. Innovative wow. Research makes the product snake venom phosphodiesterase, which is the component the people that made the mRNA shots used in their research studies since 2009 to cleave or cut RNA and DNA to do mRNA gene editing therapy, paid for by Anthony Fauci. And those two scientists are at the University of Pennsylvania mm -hmm. named Cataline Carrico and Drew Weissman. They use snake venom phosphodiesterase to do mRNA gene editing therapy, and it's in all the research studies. So snake venom phosphodiesterase, if you've had that injected into you, which is what these researchers have been using for over 13 years now to do mRNA injections, if they were using that substance, the company that makes it, one of them called Innovative Research discloses on their purchase summary page that vitamin C, glutathione, N-acetylcysteine, and EDTA all inhibit or destroy snake venom phosphodiesterase. This is why I tell people you should immediately go to an infusion center, have it injected into your bloodstream, because if you've had symptoms, there's venom in there most likely causing damage to the cells in your body. I wonder how many of the people that have been paralyzed partially or have the, could turn that around with just that very treatment absolutely uh, actually we've seen uh, many people have their hearing restored sense of taste and smell restored immediately upon using these therapies it's pretty phenomenal so anything neurological like hearing sight taste and smell they're all neurological symptoms controlled by the brain 
if it's making improvements in those, it absolutely could help them with the uh, other more systemic paralytic like damage. For example, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Yeah. That's paralyzed lower leg and then an arm and then half your face. That right. is the first published side effect the FDA ever put out that they knew would be reported from the mRNA shot. Can you believe that? Yeah. Ever. So ridiculous. So, yeah. So that that's something that could possibly be turned around then. Yeah. Yes. And inside the shots, just speaking on that, getting to the nervous system and causing paralytic damage, there's two ingredients inside the Pfizer and Moderna shots and the Johnson and Johnson shot that help to get the venom into the brain or the poison or toxin into the brain. Okay. And that is polysorbate 80 is oh what is in Johnson and Johnson that punches holes in the blood brain barrier to get metals and toxicity into the brain. It's, it's an acid, right? Cause it's like a sugar, right? So it's an acid, yep. right? Yeah, and, and Dr. Larry Pilevsky out of Long Island, New York, has done a phenomenal job with uh, presentations on polysorbate 80 over the last several years, exposing how they've known for the last 15, 20 years that polysorbate 80, when you add it to flu shots or childhood vaccines, makes delivering aluminum into the brain 20 times more effective using polysorbate 80 because it weakens the blood-brain barrier. That's in the Johnson & Johnson shot. There is a very similar chemical that does the exact same thing to the blood-brain barrier in the Pfizer and Moderna shots. It's called polyethylene glycol 2000. And uh, this chemical punches holes in the blood-brain barrier and the gut-blood barrier. Oh, no. Getting the venoms, poisons, nanolipid, particle, hydrogel, whatever else is in there, into your brain. Jesus. Which I'm is sure it's all I, coincidental that they put these things together in a, in a little... Which is know. why from the beginning, I remember going on InfoWars with Alec Jones one day, and he's like, what do we do about these shots, man? And I just went like this, are you okay if I just take over for a second? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I just rolled with it. It was four things I said everybody on the planet needs to be taking, and it was NAC, magnesium, selenium, and apple pectin powder. And uh, anyway, apple pectin powder nobody had really heard of, but Apple pectin powder is a natural chelator. It's a six, sticky substance from apples that binds to chemicals and metals and draws them out of the body. So I wanted to use it and promote it to assist in grabbing polysorbate 80 and polyethylene glycol 2000 for those being shed on and those who are getting the shots into their body physically. But uh, apple pectin powder is an incredible beneficial product from apples. An apple a day still keeps the doctor away <laughs> or it might keep your paralyzation away yeah. so so uh going back to like the selenium i mean that's something that dr R, uh glidden also talked about a long long time ago in that in that uh interview he had when they were you know talking to all the naturopathic doctors for that documentary selenium and he talks about calcium you know and how they're related and how they need each other in order to get get things done and it sounds like what you were just talking about with those other um base elements basically your body like if it takes quercetin it'll ma it'll make with those raw materials what it needs to get the job done it's just a matter of being nutrient deficient and mineral deficient most of the time we can fix ourselves if we have the right raw material is that is that kind of the, the concept there yeah in fact when you asked me uh when you asked me what uh do you recommend glutathione i said i've never actually recommended glutathione supplemented by itself Actually, only when you're mRNA injured do I recommend infusions of glutathione. I actually prefer getting the liver, like Peter Glidden would have said, 
we prefer the body doing everything on its own. So if you just give the body what it needs, it will actually do it. For example, millions of women in America and those of you who are women listening to this interview or men, if you're married or dating a woman who identifies as a woman, <laughs> if you're actually, if you know any women who identify as women who have thyroid problems, there's millions of them. Selenium. Yeah. All right. So there's, there's three things that the thyroid needs to make thyroid hormone and not a single one of them is Synthroid, which is a drug. And neither one of those <laughs> is thyroxin, a drug prescribed by medical doctors to your woman that you know in your life to improve their thyroid function. So they just give you synthetic thyroid hormone. Or they prescribe horse urine called Primarin, and it actually is a yellow tablet made from horse urine because horse urine has a ton of hormones in it that females need, obviously. So right. they feed you horse urine. <laughs> All right, I should so, probably take that to go to the gym. Yeah, I don't think any of you with uh, who are prescribed Primarin are deficient in horse urine. I don't <laughs> think any of you are. Okay, so so let's. This is the medical model. This is what they're trained. They're just told this is the symptom. This is what you figured out from the blood test. This is the drug you give them. That's really as <laughs> lame as most medical profession is. <laughs> hey, look, uh, Clay Clark keeps calling me. I'll call him back in a minute. All right, hey, Clay. But uh, anyway, uh, I just want you to know that you can use three things. The body only needs three things to make thyroid hormone. It's selenium, N-acetylcysteine, or sorry, not, not N-acetylcysteine. It's iodine and selenium, and then a substance called L-tyrosine, which is an amino acid. I take that, yeah. Yep. So tyrosine, selenium, and iodine are the three natural components found in food and in the earth, in plants, that your body uses to make thyroid hormones. So if someone's diagnosed hypothyroidism, that means they're not making enough thyroid hormone. Mm -hmm. It absolutely means they don't have enough tyrosine, iodine, and selenium in their diet. This is going to help somebody specifically that I know right now because... Her name is Nish, and she's on uh, the Obelisk and uh, Cosmic Salon. She's another podcaster, and she I want I want to give her this information because she's actually experiencing an issue right now. So I want I think this will, this will probably help her. I'm going to talk to her about that. So again, thank you. Um, and then okay, so that's the thyroid. So for yeah. example, you ask about glutathione. The liver makes glutathione. So me and Peter mm -hmm. Glidden would actually tell you this. There's actually three things the body uses to make glutathione. It's selenium, NAC, and apple pectin. This is not a joke. So the body, if you eat an apple a day, and then actually supplement selenium and NAC, your body can generate all the glutathione it needs to protect its cells from oxidative stress, which is what viruses cause to the cells. It's what poisons and toxins like polyethylene glycol 2000, polysorbate 80, they cause oxidative stress. To protect cells from that, you coat the outsides of your cells with what's called an antioxidant. What is the probably most well-researched antioxidant on the planet, Daniel, which is not mentioned so far? What is it? Oh, they got me. <laughs> vitamin C. Oh, vitamin C. Okay, I thought you were going to go with something. Right, sorry. But yeah, yep. that would have been obvious, right? Yep. So vitamin C, glutathione are massive antioxidants. So uh, the more vitamin C you put into your body... Trust Linus Pauling more than anybody else on the planet when it comes to vitamin C. That guy's won two Nobel Prizes in two different careers. Who else do you know has ever done that? Nobody. So mm -hmm. two Nobel Prizes in two different 
industries, this guy was the most versed, was taking, he said, uh, if I could get everybody on the planet to take 10,000 milligrams a day of vitamin C, we could eradicate all cancers. Wow. He took 20,000 milligrams every day of vitamin C orally. The last 10 years of his life, he lived till he was 95. So is am I getting this wrong? Is pectin the stuff that they use to make like jams? Is that the stuff that so so is it is it made out of apple uh, pectin? Yep, they use apple, right. they use the pectin from several plants every jam. Yep, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, because I used to do canning, so I remember coming across it. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's that sticky substance. They actually used it yeah. at Chernobyl and at Fukushima <laughs> at the nuclear power up. plant leaks. That was what they used and found to be the most effective at preventing cancers by drawing out the poisonous. Cesium 137, which is yeah. the type of radiation that everyone was exposed to around those leaks, they found apple pectin in four weeks of supplementing apple pectin. It actually removed 60% every four weeks of the amount of cesium 137 load in the body of people around those nuclear power plants. Wow. And it was I thought you were, were going to say they were going to throw it down on the ground like kitty litter to, to soak up the, uh, the poison or something. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> they should have planted uh, apple orchards all around Chernobyl. Yeah. There you go. That would have worked out. All right. So you had uh, we had briefly talked um, in the beginning about something that you uh, had on your mind that you wanted to talk about. I just it's we've been on a roll here. I do, I don't really remember what exactly it was, but it sounded like you had some new info you wanted to discuss. Oh yeah. Um, so oh, a couple of things. Let's just share a few things to clear this up yeah. for people. Right. Some people want to want to know about monkeypox. <laughs> Some people want to know about monkeypox, so let's just talk. I about heard Max Egan call it butt pumpy pox because they're trying to say that it's from gay people now. Yeah, that's right. The gay pox. That's exactly right. That's what they're doing. All right, so what do we need to know about monkeypox? This is what you need to know. They're blaming it on the gay people, but they're also saying that it's the majority of them are blacks and Hispanics. You want oh, to know where the, you want to wear a hat? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. This is a. This is actually. Native yeah. Americans are in there too, right? This is CNN Health, right? Monkeypox is a disproportionately affecting black Hispanic people. It's the latest CDC breakdown. It's a vaccine reaction. All right, so I want you to know, remember we've talked about this many, many times, at least I have on many platforms, on many stages, just how racist the CDC is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because they keep picking on the same races over and over and over. Monkeypox, disproportionately affecting black and Hispanic people. Guess what they said about COVID? Mm-hmm. It was disproportionately affecting black and Hispanic peoples more than any others. When in fact, that was never true. It was actually the Native Americans. Right. That they have never, ever mentioned in any of their media outlets. So they keep killing Native Americans. They don't want you to know they're killing Native Americans. They want the blacks and Hispanics who are the most hesitant to get vaccinated to continue to line up like these poor people in the picture yeah. in Washington, D.C. to get their shots on Friday. All right. So what do you need to know about this thing? And that makes other people think that they're contagious with something too. So it makes, you know, there's another way to discriminate, you know? Exactly right. All right. So I want to make sure everybody knows this. Daniel, how many people have died from monkeypox worldwide? I want to say it's something near zero. It is zero. Yeah. Zero. If I do this, people are going to think I'm like some satanic person. Zero. It's weird, right? Like, oh my God, your fingers are flared. Zero. (laughs) Somebody's going to screenshot that and go, he's a... He's one of the Illuminati people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let me just read this from <laughs> CNN Health from Friday. Zero, zero was the number. All right. Among those cases for which data was available for the CDC, fewer than one in 10 people, that's 8% or less, 
needed to be hospitalized due to monkeypox. And there are no deaths ever reported so far. You need to know that. Okay. No one has died. So what are we afraid of? You're afraid of something that looks like shingles that everyone needs to get vaccinated for, supposedly. All right. Yeah. So here we go. I want you to know this also because this is very, very ridiculous. If you haven't seen the book that Bill Gates loves to put on his desk every time he does an interview, it's called uh, Lying with Statistics. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to share we with you. We talked about this last time. It was great. I can't wait. I'm still in the CNN article, okay? It actually says here, there were 2,891 cases of monkeypox reported in the United States. 2,891 by July 22nd. That's about two months after the country got its first case of monkeypox. Of all 2,891 cases, there was only enough information given to the CDC to allow them to make these statements in this article, which only, they, CDC, has only received enough reports to even make the claims that Black and Hispanics are the race most targeted and affected. Listen, look at this. It actually says it. Case report forms with additional epidemiological and clinical information were submitted to the CDC for 41% of all the cases. Less than half that number. Less than one half of all the cases in the United States, only 41% make up the data that the CDC is using to say that Blacks and Hispanics are the most affected people in America. Now, check this out. It's so like amazing. 1,100 people they're talking about, so give right around there. So 1,100 of the 2,891 of those 1,100, <laughs> they're now saying the majority of them are black and Hispanics. Now, out of that 41%, this is amazing, out of that 41% of cases that the CDC even has information on, among those, ca those cases, more than half of the 1,100 make, make up the 41%. 54% of the cases, read it, 54, more than half of the cases, 54% were black and Hispanic people. <laughs> a group that represents about a third of the general U.S. population. So they took 41% of all cases, and then they took that 41% of cases that they had any information on, and they said 54% of that 41% actually were black or Hispanic people, which... <laughs> should mean the majority of blacks and Hispanics are the most affected because that's 54% of 41% of all cases in the nation they have information on. And blacks and Hispanics only represent 34%. You can see it there. 34% of the U.S. population. See that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So because... 54% of the 41% of cases were black and Hispanic. Now, just remember, that means that of the 41% of cases they did get, that means 30, or sorry, 46% of them were white. Right. 40, listen, 46% of them were white. Take the 54% of the blacks and Hispanics, divide Which that is two into groups two. there, not just one or the other. It's divide two Divide it groups. by two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 27% of each group. Right. That's a, if it's if that's it even if it's cut down the middle. If, if it's even cut if, down you, the middle. Right. The white percentage is going to be 46%. Notice they're not saying white people. They're saying <laughs> blacks and Hispanics. The combo of the two which only represents 34% of our country is representing 54% right. of all cases. This is how ridiculous it is. 
public health experts, their efforts should prior. This is not a joke. This is what CNN says. CNN. Oh, wait, CNN. You didn't see it? Yeah, I see it. CNN Health. Pub, quote, public health efforts should prioritize gay, <laughs> bisexual, and other men who have sex with men. I don't know what those other men are if they're not gay or bisexual, but <laughs> other men who have sex with men who are prisoners disproportionately <laughs> affected for prevention and testing while addressing equity, minimizing oh. stigma, of and course. maintaining vigilance for transmission in other populations. The authors of the report say <laughs> they make a racist statement and then talk about how how not to be racist about it. I love yeah, it. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. All right, so no one's died. Less than one percent. A substantial. Oh, listen to this quote: A substantial proportion of monkeypox cases have been reported among people with HIV, who may so, be at a higher risk of severe illness. More analysis of this group is underway, according to the CDC. Now, I want to read this last statement of the entire article, okay? Because I can't believe they even openly admit this crap and people are lined up per the picture to get the monkeypox vaccine in Washington, D.C. on Friday, okay? The agency, being the CDC, says it is continually evaluating new evidence. New evidence and tailoring a response strategy is important on changing case demographics clinical characteristics, transmission, and, quote, vaccine effectiveness become available. Okay, listen. They're saying in this article that the agency, the CDC, is continually evaluating new evidence and tailoring their response strategies on vaccine effectiveness as it becomes available. Okay, Daniel. They just said they don't know what's going to happen. All these people lined up right here, they don't even know that the CDC is telling everybody, we're going to wait to see how effective these vaccines are after you all get it. Right. Yeah, we're going to see what happens to you because you're the guinea pigs here. Anybody <laughs> see a problem with this? Like, they're actually openly admitting to you they don't have any effectiveness data as of yet. They're waiting for you to get the shots. And who are they saying to get the shots? Black, Hispanic, gay men, also those with HIV. And they want you to just come volunteer yourself for these shots. As the CDC says, they will continue to validate and research vaccine effectiveness. You want to know why? They don't have any data yet. You are the data. So right. stop signing up for these vaccines. This is a eugenics program and a continuation of such. And what I wanted to mention earlier was I just needed to touch on the monkeypox thing. Yeah, one, please. That's if great. people aren't dying, why are you going to get the vaccine? Those of you that are getting the actual monkeypox supposedly are black and Hispanics and gay men. They are targeting homosexual homosexuals and Hispanics and black races. And they aren't saying anything about the race they are trying to annihilate, which is the Native Americans. <laughs> they're not mentioning them. I promise you, they're sending monkeypox vaccines their way. In fact, in this article... We read that uh, the senators, two senators from California, requested 600,000 vaccines for monkeypox be shipped to San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco, because that's where all the gay, the massive amount of gay people are is in San Francisco. And it's so ridiculous. This is a, a tragedy. They're, they're wiping them out. So, yeah. The, California uh, declared an emergency. Biden declared an emergency. Over what? What, what, are, what, are, what is the foundation of this? 
Well, we just read that there's 41% of cases that have any demographic information of the 2,891. So this is obviously a national emergency. Hold on. Can I do math real quick? I like math. Let's do math real quick. Ready? I'm going to do it right now. All right. So 2,891. Math is racist. What are you talking about? No, let's, let's do some racist calculation here. All right. So we've got 2,891, 2,891 cases of monkeypox, but we have 330 million people in this country. You want to see the, the the percentage of people who have monkeypox that we declared a national emergency? This is the point zero 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 zero. This is the American population. Remember uh, that we don't have any data on. For how uh, many do you say? How many millions? It's like three hundred and thirty, right? Three hundred thirty million people. Yeah, yeah. America. This is the actual percentage of people with monkeypox in America. Wow. Zero. That's almost as many as die of the flu. Zero, zero. <laughs> okay, look how many zeros that is. That's one, two, three, four, five zeros before you get to eight. Okay. Right. This is the percentages, people. This is a percent of 1%. It's 0.0000008% of Americans have monkeypox. And this is a national emergency. It's not like 1% of America has monkeypox or 10% of America has monkeypox. No. It's blacks. Hispanics, gay men in San Francisco that have monkeypox or those with HIV are most at risk. Remember, there was a massive attempt in the 80s and 90s to convince homosexuals, blacks and Hispanics that they were the target of AIDS and HIV. So they targeted African-Americans. They targeted gays and homosexuals and blamed them for spreading HIV among their demographic and asked them to sign up for their AIDS vaccine and their AIDS drug called AZT. AZT killed 11 million people, and they yes. called them death by AIDS. Uh, the side thing with remdesivir. The side effects of AZT are the signs and symptoms of AIDS. So they poisoned these poor 11 million people it's horrible. with a drug. And that's what they're doing with remdesivir. It's what they're doing with the COVID-19 vaccine injuries, and they're calling them any all-cause mortality deaths, right? So now those in the 18-year-old, the 64-year age groups, all insurance companies around the world are reporting a 40% increase in death among the working classes for all causes of deaths, not just COVID-19. They're getting the shots. Since the shot started, everyone in that age group, they're increasing death amounts that we've never seen before, nor have these companies ever seen before. And One America, for example, a life insurance company has been around since the 1800s. They've never seen an uptick of over 10% in one year ever for the working class in their entire existence until 2021. And that was in the first three quarters of 2021 when the shots rolled out. They saw an increase of 40% of the working class. They never seen a 10% and they just saw a 40%. Never saw a 10%. 40% was uh, what they saw last year. So that number continues. It continues to be a trend that a lot of life insurance CEOs are talking about and presenting information on. Uh, it's pretty pretty absolutely disgusting so and you're pretty sure it's not climate change that's doing it right <laughs> did, did, you see the, wait, wait, did you see did you see that they blamed monkeypox on climate change did you see that and oh i didn't i i was making a joke because everything's climate change or you know don't don't fall asleep at your computer because you'll have a heart attack you know right. yeah they blamed covid on climate change because no longer were bats hibernating because it wasn't cold enough so now they're oh, okay. making man man sick <laughs> when uh, it wasn't really the bats anyway. Anyway, right. they blamed it on global climate change and uh, they blame monkeypox on climate change. Those are the very first things they mentioned was this is a result of climate change. 
I'm not sure the world heating up is making gay men, black men, <laughs> go have sex with each other. But that's what they're wanting to blame here. And uh, usually, anyway. when you get cold, you get closer together. Not really when you're warm, because you you know. So. <laughs> it makes me want to stay away from each other. Right. We're warm blooded. It's warm blooded outside, so we don't want to touch each other. That doesn't even fit the narrative. <laughs> but uh, I will tell you that shingles and pox side effects are listed as side effects. In the big, huge Pfizer document drop, like on page Ooh. two, it listed poxes as a side effect of the mRNA COVID-19 shots. So all these people that are lined up for the monkeypox shot, do you really think anybody's lined up for the monkeypox shot who said no to the COVID-19 shots? They all got the COVID-19 shots, and they're all lining up for the monkeypox vaccines. Just stop right. doing the shots. No one needs them. And let's remind everybody, um, I think anybody can buy these at a botanical or garden store, the the purple pitcher plant. I'm told that purple that's over. Yeah. Purple pitcher plant extract and zinc are a perfect cure for monkey pox. All poxes, small pox, monkey pox, chicken pox, you name but it. But according to the MDs, there's no cure for monkey pox. <laughs> so, I mean. So don't treat the monkey pox. Just make your body poop it out so you don't have any symptoms. Yeah, there's, no, there's no cure for smallpox and no cure for any pox. Just you got to get the shots. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, do not trust the pharmaceutical industry ever again. I don't. Do, they have this thing called the Cambodian, uh, you know what I'm talking about before I say it. It's like a pitcher plant, but it looks like a wang. Yeah. yeah. They were they, they put out an article saying, stop picking these things for silly photos. I was like, you guys are just, they're trying to demonize the pitcher plant. I know what you're doing. You're trying to pervert it. <laughs> just like they're trying to pervert nicotine right now in all countries after... We made sure the world knew that nicotine was a fix for COVID. Yep. Just to keep you alive. The goal is to keep you alive, people. That's what I'm doing. They're trying to kill you. <laughs> so don't let them kill you. I've this is this has been another. I, I love every time we talk. I have a great time talking to you. I love. I learned so much every single time. Me too. And um, I really appreciate it. I hope this continues. It's it's awesome. Don't like you love the lying with statistics from CNN's article this morning? I love it's it. hilarious. It's like, so funny that, that it's like it's like little kids trying to trying to do it. It's, it's not like it's like they're not really trying to be that clever about it. <laughs> it's just like let's just do one more math, right? I showed you this. Yeah, yeah. I already showed you this map. This math, okay? This was the math. This is the percentage of Americans that, per the CDC, had or got monkeypox. Period. Okay, so now we're going to do a different math here. Ready? And that's right after Pride Month. So you'd think there'd be higher amount numbers if that was really because of gay men. So instead, it's really this number of cases the CDC is reporting, 41%, right, of their actual cases. This is what they have. Actually, I divided that by two. Hold on, let's do it. Times 0.45. It's actually 1,300, exactly. All right, so here we go. So now we're going to do 1,300 divided by 330 million. <laughs> this, this, is the, this is the number, actually. On cases confirmed with the CDC, 0. 0.000039. Five zeros. Five zeros, people. No one needs the shot. Tell you, tell you the people you love, even your homosexual relatives that you love and admire and want to keep alive. Just tell them. You may not agree with their stance in life or their, you know, their sexual orientation. Who cares? Tell them you love them and you want them to continue living. So yeah. don't get the shots of any kind. They're targeting you people. What do, you, what do you say to people like us who who look at that all that and say that's all fine and well, but they're gonna give a, they're gonna push a lockdown and shut down our businesses anyway? 
Yeah. Do not sign up for the vaccine schedule and do not (laughs) shut down your businesses. Right. Don't even listen to if everybody just keeps their business open. What are they going to do? Arrest all of you? They don't have enough room in their jails. Solidarity. You got to all do it together. Just do it all together and take a stance against these crazy people. They're trying to overwhelm the world with one virus after another to try to create mass chaos, confusion, and then paralyze you with apathy. When that happens, you're going to turn yourself over to them to have them tell you what to do, which is going to be any vaccine they offer. And like a good Bolshevik, they're also going to starve you in the meantime as well. Exactly right. So anyway, for those of you who'd like to know what's really going on, go read the book, uh, The The Conspiracies Hierarchy of the Committee of 300. Oh, that's what you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Go read Dr. John Coleman's book, The Committee of 300. The the Conspirators Hierarchy, the story of the Committee of 300 is what it's called. I'm in the middle of that book right now. I've been reading it for, it it was published in 1992. Oh my God, it is freaking phenomenal. It is the Committee of 300 that runs. They're not Spartans, right? The Club of Rome. (laughs) Oh, geez. They run the Club of Rome. It is the Committee of 300 who is completely creating and orchestrating the massive lie that human beings are overpopulating the planet, driving down its resources to maintain that growth, and they need to depopulate the planet, they say. In the 60s, they started saying this. They needed to depopulate the planet to a billion people by the year 2050. Uh, The Committee of Rome, or sorry, the uh, Committee of 300, they use tactics through the media. This was published in 1992, man. They used they used propaganda in the media to drive massive amounts of confusion. So much information your way that the masses can't make a decision on their own. They'll become apathetic, paralyzed with confusion, and they will rely on the media to just tell them what to do or the government. That is what they are doing. This is why it feels like it's relentless. They are not giving up the COVID narrative, not giving up the next virus pandemic. They're going to continue going and going until the whole country and the whole world goes like this. Fine, damn it. Just give us the shots. Yeah, they bulldoze through it no matter how much right in your face is is verifying that they're lying to you. They just keep bulldozing forward. Nice and slow, steady pace. Yep, they will not quit. Uh, The next virus will roll out. The next uh, confusion or chain some, some food supply some food supply chain issues are going to be announced there's going to be continued lockdowns mandates and the truth is the whole goal is to eventually mass murder billions of people on this planet and they're going to yeah. do it through experimental drugs called vaccines they're going to do it through biological weapons like venoms i've exposed they're going to do it through uh, vaccine agendas like they're already pushing malnutrition i'm sure with the crickets and all that crap they're gonna flat out starve you and psychologically break you that's their goal yeah you know it's funny that committee of 300 thing is like almost like that element that because whenever people say well because i always go back to the jesuits a lot you know and the jesuits were created by Moranos, crypto jesus but this is it because i was i was told about a council of nine but the committee of 300 if they're tied into the club around them that's their answer when they say it's not the vatican i'm like well it's whoever is behind the vatican that you don't see it's oh, the people yeah. without the names that you're t- that that we're you know that we're dealing with here so that's that's even, clear. I'm, that's even even i'm learning so as i look at all the country's leaders around the world i could all see that the pope has his hands on all of them and he can mm-hmm. like script for them and help control them 
But even I'm learning, as I have proposed, I've actually blamed the Order of the Jesuits, the Catholic Church, on all of this. Mm-hmm. But this committee of 300 is over the Club of Rome and over Illuminati and the Jesuit order. So, so we're also talking about like the Zionist frontier exactly. because most of those guys are Christian, believe it or not. Zion, They're not even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I've got to read that book. So Thank you. 300 will answer all your questions about what you're up against. And what I love about the book, first thing I always look at when I buy a book is I look and see when was it copyrighted. Anything before 1995 is what I love. Why? That's when the internet became very popular. So yeah. anything prior to 1995, people actually had to do their research. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Books, it wasn't laziness. Go places and do investigative work and journalism. Uh, Imagine writing a book off of Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yep. Like that, that's your, that's your only resource. Like this is uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously it's right there. I mean, <laughs> like they can't control what you're going to be seeing anyway. Right. Anyway, I love books before 1995. I always have, and I was so thrilled to see this was written before then. I'm uh, curious anyway. to see if they bring in the Frankists into that book because the Sabbatean Frankists or the Frankists by Jacob Frank, how that ties into the Illuminati, how that ties into the Jesuit order. That's a really big key element, too, that I think a lot of people miss. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to totally look into this. I'm going to put doing, it all on the map. I'm halfway through the book in, like, four days. I will actually finish it this week, and I will do an entire presentation on the highlights of that book. Awesome. I've ordered six others that go into the bloodlines of the Illuminati uh, trace back into the satanic ritual abuse around the world and its origins. That'll be exciting. So really excited to put all this crap together for people. But that's that's awesome. I started my channel basically doing book reports on like the the you know yeah. behold a pale horse and uh, murdered by injection. So that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Very cool. All right, buddy. I'm gonna have to go. You're awesome. I appreciate. Hopefully, I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'll do it. Thank you. See you. <laughs> all right. Bye. So yeah, there you go. Uh, another thing i mean i've heard of the, i've heard of that book and i've heard of that number but i didn't really know where to fit in until you know i just need a little bit more because a lot of times i hear vague things and it's kind of like i don't eavesdrop but i have good hearing and that's how i i perceive a lot of other things too that i'm looking at like i i'm taking a bunch of information in all at once a lot so i'm absorbing it and i'm kind of like filing it in certain areas and just setting it aside until i have some place to, to place it like know where, where it belongs but like with the Frankists, that's another huge thing that I even the people who I absolutely love and respect, I haven't come across an hour of the time yet where he brings them up, and you know, it's kind of a key element if you're going to talk about the Jesuits, if you're going to talk about Zionism, if you're going to talk about you know British, is um, what do they call it, British, Israel, whatever, I don't, whatever. It's it's something that has to do with the uh, the British royal family, Israelism. Is that the right word? I don't. Anyway, the point is, the Frankists is like a huge link in the chains. So it's not necessarily the beginning or the end or the. It's something that is, the uh, the driving philosophy, um, mental state, objectives. Um, practices all put into one neat little package because they were all about drinking blood eating flesh which is a lot of these satanic ritual cult abuse survivors who actually had to participate in the killing of babies will tell you that these people ate the babies afterward um it's disgusting and horrible and they would lock children in boxes with animal like creatures snakes all this and just anybody who has a soul doesn't do stuff like that so i'm thinking that Part of the cannibalism thing, because that's what the Canaanites did, cannibal, Canaanite, right? They would do the same types of things. I think it makes you a little nutty. 
I think it's parasitic perhaps in the blood, but also spiritually. It just it's you're you're indifferent to a lot of things after doing certain doing certain things, you know, like eating and consuming the flesh of another human being. You're not supposed to do that. But I don't know what the element is. If it, if it's they just look like humans and they're not, humans can just be that bad or a parasite takes over their body or like they're an avatar for something else that like an archon. I don't know what the actual answer is. It could be all of the above. It could be a mixture. I don't know. AI, maybe that may, maybe AI is the thing that's been ancient here with us forever that also somehow in some way can influence an avatar shell human monkey suit, flesh suit. I and mean, we're not really monkeys. I understand. Um, you know, flesh flesh vehicle and just be task oriented without any emotion or or empathy perhaps because all of this seems to be at least the same nature it's like if you're evil you're indifferent to anything else you don't care about anybody you don't care about human suffering so that that's evil is indifference right and because we're because you're indifferent you have no limits as to what you would do to someone else the parasitic thing is you have no care for your own well-being either because you're kind of like a death cult in a sense to where you're doing self-destructive things as well okay and that's what a host parasite relationship is the parasite isn't very friendly to the host even though it manipulates it to get what it wants it'll also starve it deplete it and send it off into getting killed so that it can be somewhere else like with that one with the that goes in the mouse that can you know, manipulate the hormones to make it present itself to a cat and find the cat sexually attractive so that the cat sees the mouse, eats it, and then gets in the gut. Of the, and the, then the parasite gets to where it wants to be, which is in the gut of the cat. And it's a cycle of life. The cat pees it back out, and then it goes does the same thing on the mouse, and yada, 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 back and forth, right? So I don't know what, what makes this evil this evil, but I think it's important that we try to find all the elements. And, like, you know, it's like, here's our puzzle people want to want and i don't know if this is an important thing because we know what the nature of them are it, and we know what their plan is and i say tainting the blood is one of those things and a long long time ago in a video i did it was called ritual atonement all right it's called ritual atonement and it's about yom kippur and it's about how they curse the chicken and shrug their uh their 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 sins for the year onto the chicken, kill it, and then feed it to underprivileged people in their own community. So it's predatorial behavior because they're cursing something and then feeding it to somebody else. So the energetic principles there mean that they're cursing the people who are eating the chicken, and they're somehow absolving themselves of any of any wrongdoing. Who knows what the hell they were doing? Were they raping kids? Were they just robbing and ripping off people? Like whatever they were doing, now all of a sudden it's the chicken's fault. And then they kill it. Whatever. The, whatever. But when it comes to that type of atonement thing, and then you go back into the Bible, and you hear about the tainting of the blood. The, the blood was corrupted. God had to flood the entire world because the blood was corrupted. Right? And then, then well, what else corrupts the blood? Injecting yourself with, oh, I don't know, something that changes your genetic makeup and your DNA. So all the blood is tainted and corrupted. So... There's that element. So are they trying to make an excuse to either play God or because something is coming to annihilate them and they want to show 
the creator or whomever that, hey, look at what you've created. They've all, they've all turned their back on you because they think they know better than you. And they went off and uh, tried, to, tried to take matters in their own hands. Forget about the, you know, forget about the spirit body and just uh, tackle it like a materialist. Even though they're the ones that are promoting and pushing all this. You know, it's more like, hey, don't go after us. Look at them. Or, or because it could be parasitic in nature, what if they're hiding themselves in us? Meaning they're injecting whatever it is that creates them to be the way they are into us. So it's now like, because they hate the creator, it's like, take that, God. Now if you want to kill us, you got to kill your creation too because we're inside of them. These are, these are things I brought up in that video called Ritual Atonement. So if you're interested in that video, it's in the joshuatv.com. Uh, it's ballbuster.joshuatv.com. One last thing I just want to say. The tippy stream... It's always in the links and the give seven go. It would be great if somebody, if people started using it because I, def, I definitely could use this in order to continue doing this because this stuff takes time. It takes a lot of energy to get things, you know, settled here. And then I have to constantly upload to different things. I don't have a crew. I'm not, I'm not a stew crew guy, stew live crew. <laughs> I, I, that's just me. All right. I do everything. And I pay for everything. I'm not making money off this. I Just to pay for the stuff that I pay on a monthly basis to do this, like my internet service and the freaking uh, StreamYard and the SoundCloud and whatever else I do. I think, I, think I, I think for some reason I have a Spotify account too. Spotify is awesome, but I don't ever actually use it that way. I just have it you know, um, distributed there, and people are awesome over on Spotify. That was not a, that was not a cut down. Um, my my Roku TV channel guys, you guys have that for free. You guys have all the access to all my videos, and I'm coming out with a book, which at that point I'll have something to present. But I also have shirts and I have the 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 mugs over on the link that's always in the description for the the store. All right, and I I wear the clothes myself when I go to the gym. So like I have the tank tops and shirts and all that. Which is kind of like wearing your own band shirt. I I get that. It's kind of weird, but I'm promoting something because I'm trying to trying to let the you know see the let the logo be seen around you know. But the Gibson Go is gibsongo.com forward slash ballbusters. Not hard to figure out. Please figure it out and uh, hook it up if you could help. It'd be great. The other one is the Tippy Stream. So Tippy Stream just goes through, I think it processes through PayPal, which is, or it goes to my PayPal. I don't know if it processes through that or not, but that's perfect. Like three bucks, two bucks, whatever. That It helps getting the thing to continue on because right now we're in a situation where I just had my stepson move in with us and I love him to death. And I have my daughter. She's going to a charter school now because we're not putting her, she, she did homeschooling the first year. And we're, you know, making sure that we're staying on top of this this school too. We're, we don't trust anybody. We trust them on a daily, uh, as 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 proven. So the moment they make a, an alter in their in their philosophy is the moment we take them out. You know, our daughter out, um, take her out of school. That's what I'm saying. Um, so we're 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 doing this. I have got a lot of more bills now because I've got another family member in the home. I have a business that's supposed to do all that, but I'm also making adjustments and having issues finding things to continue that because of supply chain stuff. This is the other thing I do. This is the only other thing I have time for is to do these shows for people. So if you want these to continue, 
the best way to make sure that it does is to supple help supplement you know what it takes for us for me to continue on and just use those those links like they the links are always there it's tippystream.com uh forward slash ball hyphen busters and that's it i think and uh yeah that would be great or gibsongo.com forward slash ball busters all right very much appreciated i don't normally do that i don't normally talk about that but it's getting to the point now where it's like I mean, every every other podcaster either promotes products, make you sit through a commercial, does their own info, infomercial in the middle of their shows or on the end of their beginning, like uh, like you know, Awaken with JP does, or you'll have a bunch of affiliate links, which I'm actually going to have a Dr. Glenn affiliate link in here as well. Uh, if you guys want to learn more about how to how to you know heal thyself. Know thyself, then heal thyself. Go to Socrates to know thyself, and then go to Dr. Glidden to, to, to heal thyself. All right? There'll be a link there so you can get into the access of all the information that he has um, on his website. Okay? Awesome. And I actually am thinking about picking up another affiliate. I have my own business. If you guys want to go to SemperFryLLC.com, if you like hot sauce, Semper, S-E-M-P-E-R-F-R-Y, LLC.com. And that... 35 different varieties of handcrafted hot sauce by this guy right here. Uh, check it out. And I'm possibly going to do an affiliate link because I'm into bodybuilding. I'm get, I got back into it. I'm doing it every single day. And I'm uh, doing it natural. But like things like tercasterone, I find it might be of a benefit to people. I might try to find an affiliate link to put in the, in the description as well for that. Only because people have a hard time finding it. They're always looking for it. And... I'm going to see if I can get discounts to people for it because I think it's going to be very helpful. Uh, I've, I already feel the difference in myself, the strength and all that stuff. Maybe other people will, will benefit from it as well if they're into, you know, getting warrior ready. Because it seems like there's a war coming, so we might as well get warrior ready, right? All right. Love you guys. Like, share, subscribe. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, 
working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.